Welcome to the Stress to the Nines AM edition. For the next few weeks, we will be studying the book of Revelation in all its mystery and glory. So stick around and join us. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Stress to the Nines. It is Thursday, August the 12th. Coming to you from the Bakery District in downtown Fort Smith as we continue through the book of Revelation. We are getting into the meat of chapter 20 now as we get to the conclusion of this week. And as you recall, yesterday I talked quite a bit about the thousand years where uh, the devil, Satan, evil would be uh, absent from earth having been thrown into the bottomless pit on a chain. So here we are following up on that with more talk of a thousand years, but this is a little bit different. So let's listen to verses 7 through 10 of chapter 20 of the book of Revelation. When the thousand years are ended, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations of the four corners of the earth. Gog, Magog, in order... Oh, wait, I'm at the wrong spot. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Okay, so we're doing four to six. <laughs> anyway, tomorrow we'll get to that part. Sorry. Uh, okay, so let's do four to six of chapter, chapter 20 of Revelation. Then I saw thrones, and those seated on them were given authority to judge. I also saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony to Jesus and for the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or its image, and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. Over these, the second death has no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I went on quite the rant yesterday about trying to use these thousand years as a calendar to deduce when Jesus will be returning. So I don't need to repeat that here, except safe to say that everybody who thought that they knew when these thousand years were happening has so far been wrong, and there's been a lot of them. But what I want to talk about today are two things. You may have noticed in this passage talk of a first and second resurrection. This is quite the mystery. Nowhere else in the New Testament are two different resurrections mentioned. So commentators don't really know what to do with this notion of a first and second resurrection. As for me, I think it's somewhat immaterial. The point of John's uh, writing here to me is very much aimed at those who are struggling with how far they should go in resisting calls to abandon their faith. We've talked a lot about persecutions during uh, our reading of Revelation, and we understand that for some, being persecuted meant putting their very lives on the line. Here, we should make no mistake, John is affirming that decision. He is affirming the belief that if our lives are put on the line for our faith, that we should give them up freely. For us, in modern-day America, this is a very difficult thing for us to get our minds around. We aren't accustomed to being asked to sacrifice much of anything for our faith. But for our first century brethren, even their very lives could be called upon. This would be true over and over again for the first 300 years of the church and then intermittently throughout history around the world. Christians have been called to sacrifice their lives for their faith. Here John is affirming that choice. It's up to you of how you want to integrate that into your faith or your view of things, but make no mistake that's what's happening here. And make no mistake that John is making it quite clear that Jesus, if it comes to it, asks everything of us. 
it's a very hard thing to be asked, and it's a hard thing for us to take in for as people of faith in our context and our part of the world. So I'm going to leave it to you, to how you want to apply this passage or what you want to do with it in your life, but I do think we should just be fully honest about what's happening here. The martyrs are given a special privilege and a special place in the thousand-year reign of Christ and in the process of resurrection and salvation. There's just no other way to come at it. So, with that in mind, let us pray. Holy God, on this day, we are grateful to you for the work you have done in our lives and in this world. We understand that following you can entail sacrifice, and we ask that you would help us to understand the sacrifices we are called to make in our own lives and in our own contexts. Shape us and form us this day, we pray. And as we pray, we're also mindful of the need for you and your work in this world. Be with those who are afraid. Be with those who mourn. Be with those who are ill. Be with those who are alone. Guide and strengthen all of your people this day through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, gang, that concludes our Stress to the Nines for this morning. Tasha will be back tonight, and I will see you tomorrow. Until then, peace. Thanks for listening to Stress to the Nines. Be sure to like us and review us on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, peace.